Z&D Sports Talk. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Z&D Sports Talk here. This is number episode two. Dose. Two, Dewey. We got through the first week. No dose. Now on to the second week. Uh, We appreciate everything from the first week. Uh, The views, people liking the page, sharing the page. Continue to do that. You know, we're trying to build and grow this thing. Um, Like I said, we appreciate it. Um, I am Zach Kennedy, one of your hosts. My second host over here, the co-host. The co-host. Derek Brewer, a.k.a. Dewey. Either one. You might hear some chuckles in the background. That's Nick. (laughs) Nick Duncan came along for the ride here. (laughs) He's all about the ride. He's He's about the ride. (laughs) So... He's over here. We're all just hanging out, having a good time, put on a podcast. No tequila this week. No. no Water. No no tequila this week. Health is wealth, as they say. So, trying to hydrate up. We got softball in a month, dude. Our first tournament's in a month. How do you feel about that? Excited, you know? Get back in the, back in the swing of things, you know? Literally. Literally, yeah. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> so, softball will be fun this year. Always is. Got a good group of guys go out, play against other good guys, man. It's a fun time. Uh, gets a little too intense sometimes. Um, We're all competitive. Yeah. I mean, that's just the competitive streak in us, you know, but none of us get paid. Well, some of us get paid. Not us, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, to me, if you're not getting paid, just go out and have a good time, man. You know what I mean? You might think that you're the best, but you're some, not. You're not. <laughs> Unless you're getting a paycheck playing softball, you're not. Can't all. You can't know? all make forty grand a year playing softball. Right. Not in the cards for so, some of us. Just go out and have a damn good time. You know what I mean? That's what it's there for. So, uh, starting starting this episode off. We're going to go into the uh, All-Star Weekend NBA. Just give you a little rundown of what we're going to talk about. Uh, All-Star Weekend, then we're going to go into some standings halfway, nah, a little bit over halfway through the season for the NBA. Um, And then we're going to go into the big Astro scandal. Um, Shit coming out about that. Our opinions on it. Facts on it. And then we're going to go into our – MLB predictions. Dewey's going to talk about some red signings since we're from Ohio and a lot of people are Reds fans. He'll go over that. I don't want to touch red shit. Now, I like the Reds. You know, I'd probably say they're my second or third favorite team. If I had a second or third favorite team, like I root for the Reds. You know what I mean? I'm, I live here. Almost all my friends are Reds fans. Jesus. Fucking Duncan in the background. Back here throwing his phone. God damn. (laughs) But, uh, you know, but I don't don't know that much about red stuff, um, so I'll leave that to Dewey. We might go over some Rangers, even though no one gives a shit about the Rangers (laughs) on this podcast. We could always go over the uh, (laughs) kind of the the Dodgers-Boston trade that just happened. Dodgers-Boston trade. And then, uh, you know, we're always going to throw in some Dak Prescott stuff. That's just a given. 
He still ain't signed. So. Just easy to make fun of him. <laughs> and then we might open up. I'm not going to go too in-depth. I've watched a couple XFL games, but not enough to really speak a lot on. But I'll kind of give my perception of it. I think the uh, the biggest thing we can is we can just talk about the rule changes that they've implemented, and, which and is I'll pretty talk, cool. There's one rule change, or there's one rule in the XFL that I really love, and we'll talk about that later. Um, and I got <laughs> the whole Matt McGloin thing all with the XFL yesterday was pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about that, and then you know. I can't guarantee how long this podcast is going to be. I can't guarantee how short this podcast is going to be. Me and Dewey just do our thing, and we get carried away in conversation, and then we look at it, we're like, holy shit, we just talked for an hour and a half. And that's just how it is sometimes. It happens. You know, know. and that's just, we don't want to script this thing. You know, we want all of this to be, you know, raw and real. So, I know some of you guys don't like our opinions, and that's fine. I don't like your fucking opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't really no. care what your opinion yeah. is. <laughs> unless you unless you are trying to prove me wrong. So the first thing I kind of want to talk about is <laughs> did Aaron Gordon get shafted in the dunk contest? Well, it depends on uh how impressive you think him jumping over Taco Fall, who is seven foot five, is. <laughs> No. I, I mean, I thought it was pretty impressive. Because the dunk itself wasn't that extraordinary. No, it was just it was jumping, just over, jumping over someone for five. Now, yeah. I'm reading, and I read this thing this morning. Um, the judges had it scripted after that last dunk that they were going to go into a tie and they were going to have a dunk off, basically. Mm-hmm. And one of the judges fucked up that script. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a... I don't know cool. if it's true. Those are just... Yeah, you know, I mean, you know... That's what I'm reading around uh, the NBA. Who knows? But I think a dunk off would be pretty sweet. So, that was the original plan for <laughs> them to tie, go into a dunk off, and then the, made the best man win, and then one of the judges just fucked the script up and didn't give Aaron Gordon a 50. <laughs> Oh, well. The only thing... What is it, Derek? Is it Derek Jones? Mm-hmm. Derek Jones Jr.? He did three between the leg dunks, right? Was it three? Mm, I think so. I'm trying I to remember. Really... I think it was three. I think it was three. Change it up. Between the legs are sweet. Don't get me wrong, but at the mm-hmm. set, but when I'm watching the third one, it's like okay, add a spin. Yeah, you know, <laughs> do a little three sixty. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's cool. Maybe try it from the free throw line. <laughs> the dunk that Aaron Gordon did off the side of the backboard was one of the sweetest dunks I've ever seen. Yeah, those are always just. I've always have a special place in my heart for those dunks off the backboard. I mean, it was just, <laughs> it was so. nice. Um, my opinion, Aaron Gordon should have won, but you know, hat, hats off, hats <laughs> off to both, you know, so I'm good with it. Uh, Buddy Heald won the three point competition. Mm, no surprise. Really? 
yeah, Buddy Heald won, wins the three-point competition. Um, it looks like he edged out Devin Booker, <clears throat> who is a young rising star in the NBA and who will be a handful, and he is a handful already, um, becoming unguardable. Yeah, he's uh, it's promising for Phoenix, for sure. Definitely a great shooter. Um, that's without a doubt. Um, the skills challenge. I'll say the name for you. Thank you. <laughs> Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo. He won the skills challenge. Skills challenge. I like what they're adding. Now, the one thing the players have really talked about and kind of talked about is um, a one-on-one all-star challenge. So That'd be pretty sweet. I think it would be sweet. <laughs> now, of course, It'd Russell, be highly entertaining. Yeah. Now, of course, Russell Westbrook <laughs> comes out. One of it, I, don't get me wrong. I respect Russell Westbrook as a basketball player. To me, I don't. I don't know how I feel about Russell. Personally, I don't like him. Like, I think he talks too much. I agree with him on that the players should be protected more. But you don't have to fucking talk about it after every game, you know. So. That I agree with. Russell Westbrook, the guy who I think padded his stats to get a year of triple-double averages, comes out and says, I don't know if I would want to do a one-on-one challenge because basketball is a team sport. (laughs) From the the most (laughs) – the one the guy, most anti-team guy. The one guy who is the most ball-centric point guard in the NBA who kind of pats his stats to get to a triple-double average for the year comes mm-hmm. out and says, ah, let's not do the one-on-one because <laughs> basketball is a team sport. <clears throat> does think- that make any fucking sense to you? <laughs> it does, but... All Star Weekend, like it's all I about it. the like the what the fans want. I think the fans would I rather see some one on one. Every player <laughs> thought it would be a good idea, except for Russell Westbrook. Well, he's, uh, I mean, I think he's. I understand what he means, but I think, but not in, the, not from in this you. context. In this context, not from you, motherfucker, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't like, matter. One of the most anti-team <laughs> people ever. Comes out and says that we shouldn't do one on one because it's a team sport. Just say you don't want to do a one on one. Like Jesus Christ, man. Okay, now we're gonna go into the standings. Uh, the halfway point. Talk a little bit about the teams. Should we start in the east or the west? Let's start in the east because that way we can get this shit show. Over. <laughs> yeah. The best record in the NBA right now, the Milwaukee Bucks. 46 and 8. The Raptors are f- second in the East at 40 and 15. The Celtics are third at 38 and 16. The Miami Heat, who are, to me, this is one of the biggest surprises. One of the biggest surprises. I have another surprise. Uh, 35 and 19. The 76ers are fifth at 34 and 21. My biggest surprise, the Indiana Pacers are 32 and 23. At number seven, the Brooklyn Nets, without Kevin Durant, 29 and 
25 and 28. Yeah, that's with Kyrie. With Kyrie. Gets, he gets hurt. He still gets misses yeah. a bunch of games because he's. And then number eight, the Brown. Orlando Magic at 24 and 31. Uh, Two yeah, teams I, outside <laughs> looking in. Uh, the Washington Wizards at 20 and 33. That's and all. That's it. Let's not. No. Let's not talk about any other teams that are 19 and 36. Yeah. <laughs> and <then the laughs> Chicago Bulls are 19 and 36 looking into the playoffs. <laughs> Only five games back from Orlando. <laughs> looking into the playoffs at 19 and 36. Uh. The worst record in the East is the Cavs. Thanks, LeBron. <laughs> 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 uh, everyone blames LeBron. Uh, so. So, oh man, he brought he brought Cleveland the championship. About, He's don't worry good. about fucking Dan Gilbert being a shit piece. <laughs> Let's blame LeBron. Uh, I think uh, back to your Indiana Pacers point. There they always they're always like this though. It seems like the less talent they have, the better they play. And that's why I was surprised is because Victor Oladipo. You know he was he he was hurt. He tore his ACL. He had surgery, and hasn't really been able to play. So that's why I was kind of shocked. You know, the Pacers have kind of shocked me. But I will say, Miles Turner, who I think, I, I mean, I'm high on. I think he's got a high ceiling, could come out and be a star. Um, it just depends on kind of what he is going to do. Um, and then. You have Sabonis. He's good. Yeah, and Sabonis. I mean, Sabonis is good as well. And then you bring back Victor Oladipo, and I think that, you know, I don't think the Pacers are going to win the East, but they could, they could win around. Yeah, know? and you got, yeah, Oladipo played the last game. They lost to the Knicks. He played twenty-two minutes. Uh, didn't play well at all. <laughs> Had uh, seven points on uh, two of fourteen shooting. Yeah, I mean he's coming back from an ACL. Yeah. I don't expect him to come out and just ball out. Um, another they do have Drew Holiday on the bench too. So the Miami Heat. Um, I know the uh, Jimmy Butler signing was big, really big actually. Um, and I think I'm not going to say that's why they're there, <clears throat> but getting a uh, defensive guy like that on the wing really does help. Jimmy Butler is really good, but I wouldn't say he's a superstar. Um, Their defense is really good. Yeah, Miami's defense is really good. You know, uh, with Butler, uh, Whiteside still, you know, not yeah. there, but <laughs> not, but he was. Yeah, but um, I I just think you still have Goran Dragic. Yeah, I mean Dragic has been good. Mm-hmm. Um, Bam, mm-hmm. he's a young guy. Yeah, he's good. You know, so they have, and I think that's why they, they kind of their got, rebounding is ridiculous. With when them. did they let Whiteside go? Uh, it's been a year or two now, I think, because he's did some stupid off the court stuff. That I think that kind of thrived for Bam. You know. They had to go out and get another big guy because they want uh, Whiteside. Yeah, they have Bam. They got Leonard Myers. Leonard, who's just another. I never guy. thought he was. They got they got rid of Whiteside last year, right? Trade to the Blazers. I want to look that up real quick. I think it was last year. 
I don't know. So many trades happen in the NBA. They kind of all run together <laughs> for me. Man, when was that? I want to say it was last year. I don't want to hold this up, but that's going to bother me. Because Whiteside, Hassan Whiteside was traded last year. I'm pretty sure. He currently does play for Portland. Yeah, he plays for Portland. Let's see. I think he got traded last year. Mm, yeah. It was, well, he got traded last year. July 1st. So that would have been this offseason, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that would have been, yeah, right towards the end of the season. Yeah. So let's see. What did, uh, what did they get back for him? I don't remember. Let me see if it's, it was a 14 trade. So. I don't remember who all went where. Uh, they got Myers Leonard in the trade. <laughs> I don't know why I said Whiteside when I was talking defense. I did, I honestly, like you said, the NBA they make so many trades; it all just <laughs> runs together. Right. Um, and I've just always, I've always seen Whiteside in the Miami Heat jersey, so I just kind of threw the Whiteside out there. And he plays in Portland now, so. No one pays attention to Portland. Yeah, and they should. <laughs> <laughs> they have, in my opinion, the best point guard in the NBA right now. And Dame Lillard. And they're on the. This will transition us to the Western Conference because Portland is outside the playoff race right they now. They are. They're in ninth place. Um, got the Lakers have currently have the one seed at forty-one and twelve. The Nuggets, the two seed. Currently at 38 and 17, followed by the Clippers at 37 and 18, then the Jazz at uh, 36 and 18. Houston is the number five team at, at 34 and 20. You got Oklahoma City and Dallas are tied for the sixth seed at 33 and 22. And you got the, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies sitting there at uh, 28 and 26, the eighth seed. Thanks, John Morant. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, we all knew the Lakers was going to be number one. You bring over Anthony Davis. You have LeBron. You, you don't put, really need anybody else. <laughs> well, I mean, and they put. I think, in my opinion, they put good pieces. They put good pieces around them. You bring in Danny Green, who's a three and D guy. Um, Legend Danny Green. Stuff Kyle Kuzma. You bring in Rondo, a veteran. Uh, they yeah, Rose too, don't they? No. Did they sign him or someone signed him, I think. Uh he was he was might have been talked about being signed. He, yeah. So the, um they were talking about trading D Rose and the Lakers was one of the mm-hmm. top teams. Um which Derrick Rose is having a phenomenal year. Um The Nuggets, that team is gonna be good for a long time. <laughs> they have a lot of young guys. Uh <clears throat> Jamal Murray, Jokic, who could be possibly the best center in the NBA right now. You can't disregard it as offensively, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean defensively he's not gonna do anything. Yeah. But he's a center that makes plays. Mm-hmm. His passing is part of one of the best parts of his game. Mm-hmm. Um the Jazz are always up there somehow, some way. No one wants to play there, but yeah, 
they do get they do find a way to get they get talent and trade it or it leaves but while they're there they're good <laughs> well and when the talent leaves they bring in ta- more talented people mm-hmm. it's like you know the thunder is the surprise to me at 33 and 22 another surprise is the Dallas Mavericks whoop whoop mm-hmm. Luka Doncic Porzingis I think big uh, signing biggest surprise for me is Portland not being in the playoff race right now. And they might. But they have uh, still one of the better backcourt combinations with the McCollum and Lillard. You know what's really making me happy? Seeing the fucking Warriors have the <laughs> worst record in the NBA. Oh, it's brings <laughs> such joy. Such joy. Now, don't yeah. get me wrong. I like Steph. I like I like Clay. Can't stand Draymond. Can't stand fucking Draymond Green. Ah, it's one of. He's got the most punchable face and, in the NBA. And the thing is, is Kevin Durant was one of my – okay, so I'm all – you've known me for a long time. My favorite player has been Dirk. You know? mm-hmm. Kevin Durant was that two guy. And the reason why Kevin Durant was that two guy is because he went to the University of Texas. So I always followed Kevin Durant. And when he was in OKC, he was one of my favorite players. And when OKC matched up with Dallas, that was kind of hard in the playoffs. And I'm like – Damn it. Like, I want my Mavs to win. But at the same time, if KD goes and gets a ring, that's fine. Then, I'm not saying that he didn't get out of OKC. Okay, I'm saying this. He got out of OKC because of Russell Westbrook. He didn't want to fucking play with him. Yeah. He didn't want to play with Russell Westbrook. (laughs) He's a ball-centric point guard who wants to take shots at the end of games when you, you get the ball to KD at the end of the game. He didn't want to play with it. Now, the jump from the Thunder to go play with the Warriors is when I stopped liking KD. Yeah, I like from a let's go get a title standpoint. Okay, cool. Now you're just fucking chasing rings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was a um, they just won what two titles in three years, and then you, well that and then you join them. They beat you. The year before mm-hmm. in the conference finals, yeah, and then you go you, join. But you gave the series away to them, basically. Like, and that's when I stopped liking KD was when he joined the Warriors because then, what are you supposed to do, man? <laughs> and I'm going to say this too: you join force with the Warriors to beat LeBron. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. You have four all-stars to beat LeBron. Mm-hmm. I am not a LeBron hater. You will never hear me talk shit about LeBron on this podcast. I am a LeBron LeBron lover. I love LeBron. Fantastic. It's a fantastic player. Fantastic um, is he better than Jordan? That's, you can't really compare. A... I hate when people compare LeBron to Jordan. But I, I also hate that people players. don't give all give a hey how Jordan just gets classified as this person who won six all these rings without no one wants to mention the have he you lost seen, in the first round. Not only that, like, but before if Pippen got there. Have you seen the team that Jordan was with? That was good. <laughs> Pippen. Yeah, Scottie Pippen. Dennis, Dennis Rodman. Rodman. Oh man. You had Ron Harper. Yeah. Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr. Luke Longley. And that team was Tony Kukoc. My boy, Tony Kukoc. 
You know? It's like, God. Look at the team that fucking LeBron. What? Larry Hughes? Sasha Pavlovich? Can't forget Booby. Booby Gibson. Booby Gibson. Now, don't get me wrong. I will torch some motherfucker in 2K <laughs> with Booby Gibson. Dude, all he could do was shoot some threes. And in 2K, I will yeah. damage you with Booby Gibson. Uh, Let's get that for a fact right now. Zadrunas Ogalskis, who was like 40 years old, still playing. Oh, here's one for you. Drew Gooden. Eric Snow. Oh. On the back half of his career. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't compare. You can't. Mm-mm. LeBron and Jordan are two different types of players. Jordan is a go-getter on offense who is going to put up 30 points a night. He's going to sit down and he's going to lock you down on defense. I will give you that. Jordan played great defense. LeBron's not like that. LeBron could score 40 points if he wanted to. But LeBron rebounds very well. He's a great playmaker. Mm-hmm. He's a great passer. He's a – not anymore, but he used to be <laughs> a elite defender. And he was one of those guys that played defense really well in the fast break. Okay, now I have a wide open layup. Holy shit, here comes a 6'8 manimal. 260 pound. Flying through the fucking air to block my shot off the fucking backboard. How many times have we seen that? Where it's not, doesn't LeBron even... runs somebody down from behind and gets it off the backboard. It's a beautiful sight, really. I want to do... I want to do... One comparison, and I want to see how you how what I want to see what you think about the comparison. So tell me what you think about this comparison. Okay, not as in I think he's better than him, but the style of play, kinda. Okay, Luka Doncic. Okay, <laughs> Larry Bird. Oh, oh, oh. That's an interesting comparison. I'll start off by saying that. Um, hmm. I, I mean, wouldn't really say the comparison as in the mentality. I think, uh, I think Luca's more athletic. But also, I wasn't really alive when Bird played, so. But, uh. It's interesting. It's hard to say. I don't, I don't know enough about Larry Bird to, to really. Both taller guys that can score the ball. And great playmakers. I wouldn't really mm-hmm. say that Luca has the mentality, the mentality of Larry Bird. Larry Bird was a killer when it came to the fourth quarter big games. Luca's not there yet. Still, what, like twenty years old, right? Twenty one. Twenty one. Something like that. Yeah. So still young. The only knock on Luka Doncic is in the fourth quarter. He sometimes disappears. And I wouldn't say teams know when you play the Mavericks that Luka Doncic is the best player. Is the best player. Yeah. And they're not going to let Luka beat them. Now still he needs to get every, he needs to get more tough. He needs to get tougher. Mm-hmm. He needs to stop taking shit from people. He he whines a little bit too much for me. 
don't get me wrong, I love Luka Doncic, and I and I'm and when the Mavericks first made that trade, I wasn't sold on Luka Doncic, but from what I've seen the past year and a half, I'm sold on Luka Doncic. Yeah, he was uh that was Trey Young. They tra- they swapped picks with Atlanta, which was at the time like I would have rather had Luka than uh Trey Young for 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 real and uh wasn't I'm trying to think who the number one pick that year was. I don't remember, I can't put it off the top of my head, but <clears throat> I know leading up to the draft, he was there was discussion about him being the number one pick, but he wasn't athletic as athletic as all the other guys, so that's why he fell. So I just but he had I think he'll be the best I think he'll be the out of that draft class, I think he'll end up being the best player. Out of Who, Luka Doncic yeah. or uh, Luka Trey Young? Luka Doncic. The 18 draft. Let's see. Uh, DeAndre Ayton. Mm. Yeah, that's right. He went to Sacramento, so I don't no, know. No, no. Ayton went to the Suns, and then Marvin Bagley was drafted second. Yeah, he that's went right. To the he went. To, that's right. And then Luka Doncic was selected third, mm-hmm. Jaron Jackson, and then Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Yep. Aiton. I don't know how I feel about Aiton. Marvin Bagley is going to be a star. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaron Jackson has potential to be a star. Is isn't he in Memphis? Is Jackson mm-hmm. in Memphis. I think Jackson's I think he, in Memphis with uh, Morant. Yeah, I believe so. Because that's why yeah. they took Morant yeah. to pair him with Jackson. Because <coughs> um, Jackson's a better defender when Morant can score. Yeah, so enough of the NBA talk. Let's get down to what everyone's been talking about for the past month and a half. Hmm, yeah. Is that one about came out about yeah, a month and a half yeah. ago? Roughly, you know, it's uh, it's it, kind of all. It's the... been speculated for the past three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's just dominated the off season, baseball wise. Um, so the Houston Astros. Yeah. First, I'm going to ask you a couple questions, mm-hmm. and then we'll get more deep into the discussion. Okay. First question. Why do why is it looking like the players are going to be let off the hook for this? <clears throat> because it's bad. What's the best way to word this? That makes the most sense. I think it's because at the end, it's hard to really identify who the ringleaders of it were from a player standpoint. Um, you know, and you can easily, like, players can easily make excuses and make for, you know, shit basically like, oh, hey, that's not what I was doing. No, this is what I was actually doing. Um, and because they were, they used, the, like, the electronics. So, like, the players don't have the electronics out there on the field. That's more from the dugout and uh 
I just think it's harder to you, it's either and with all the trades and free agents and everything where that have happened, I think it just makes it too hard or too difficult to who's the right who's who are you gonna suspend or who's gonna get the the hammer dropped on him with because it's been a few years and it's not black and white, so to speak. There's a lot of gray on what was going on with the players, whereas the coach, the manager, you got the GM, all the front office people who were banned for, what, a year or two years? They're all been fired. A year. Yeah. That leads me to my next question. Me personally, I feel like a year ban is not enough. Hmm. How is your take on that? Well... If we're going to use really the only thing that you can compare it to is the Pete Rose and stuff that went down where he was betting on the Reds um, that he managed and he got a lifetime ban. And I don't think what he did wasn't as bad because he always bet on himself and his team. He never bet against them. So he never did anything. That it wasn't replaced. like he was shaving points. Right, exactly. He was still playing to win the game, you know? Now, I will say. <clears throat> No, I, don't I don't think I think I don't uh, agree with what Pete Rose did, but he should not be banned for life. Right, I agree. And Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Now I agree. I'll say so I don't, this: that's the only that's the only thing that they have to compare it to. You have two choices you can make. You can either ban all of these people for life because that's the precedent that was set with the Pete Rose stuff, or you can let Pete Rose back into the Hall of Fame. Or back into the be around the sport, you know, be in the Hall of Fame, and come up with a your new punishment. So like a year, two years, whatever. But I think a year ban is while it's not a lot. I think the there's going to be more ramifications because <clears throat> no one's going to want to hire AJ Hinch because of um, him being associated with that. Now, here's another thing. You can also compare this to steroids hmm. and the ban the players have got for the use of steroids. Both are cheating. <laughs> Both are illegal. Yeah. And McGuire and Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds took the brunt of the steroid era. Mm-hmm. But to me, it seemed like everybody was doing it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where I, that's like if so many people are doing it, isn't the isn't the competition even back out? Like it's not as big as an advantage as it potentially could have been because everyone's doing it. And here's another thing. And you still have to, <clears throat> and it's not like you're getting like you still have to be able to you know like you, just because you took steroids you can't automatically now you know hey you're throwing a slider on this pitch you know it's not going to be a fastball so i'm going to sit on it like you can with sign stealing um and that's another thing that gets me <laughs> this is worse than steroids because at the same time yes i'm enhancing myself to hit the ball farther but i still need that hand eye coordination to hit the ball well there's been studies i don't know what's coming say it doesn't improve it doesn't improve your hand eye coordination and your vision and it's better if it takes certain steroids. Right. But at the same time, I still don't know what pitch is coming. Right. <laughs> right. And in baseball, when you know what's coming, it makes the game a lot easier. Right. Right. That's like if you look at us when we were kids. 
How many times will we stand at second base and look back and go, huh, the catcher's throwing out signs. Let me see what kind of sign I can get right here. He puts down a two. I'm at second base. I put my arm out, and I give the sign number two. Completely legal. Mm-hmm. I'm not using anything to steal the sign. Yeah, and that's also why when you get a guy on base, the signs are sequenced. You know, you have catcher will put down three or four, five signs, so you don't know what the what actual number is the actual sign. And also, <clears throat> a lot of catchers paint their nails. Mm-hmm. And when they do the color, that is in sequence with the number, which helps out a lot too because mm-hmm. I can't sit here back at second base and go, red, <laughs> three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, red three, that means he's going slider low and away. Yeah. Now if that was, that was uh, blue three, I said down and in, that's down and in with the fastball. <laughs> Now, I mean, and also when we're kids, it's – we're still kids. Mm-hmm. These guys, I mean, you have your few guys that can go up there and throw 80-plus, but it's not like an MLB guy where he's throwing 90-plus and then he breaks off this fucking nasty curveball. Or he breaks off this slider that starts on the inside of the plate, goes all the way to the outside mm-hmm. of the strike zone. Yep, that's why. As uh, <clears throat> to be a professional, it's really important to be able to pick up the spin on the ball. Um, and to which see- made it like uh, when we were like playing, you know, in high school and everything, you know, that wasn't as necessary because a lot of times I didn't have to really focus on uh, the, the pitch that was coming in to be able to see the spin because it kids aren't as good. So you it's you could tell, oh, this is a curveball. As soon as he releases it, I don't got to notice the spin. And a lot of guys, <clears throat> whenever they break that curveball off, they tip it in yeah. high school. They tip off yeah. what they're throwing. Mm-hmm. And you oh, I know. A, I would, <laughs> and you get a couple guys. And that, people who get over – like people who don't understand um, – like the situation like i don't know how many times i would like in the the first time i'm facing someone and he's throwing you know first two pitches fastballs and i'm late my timing is late on them and then, and then you, boom here comes the curveball that yeah. i hit to the left center gap for a double or yeah. something it's like throw another fastball you would have struck me out buddy <laughs> now i i don't want to talk i don't want to talk up my ability to pitch when i was in high school but the one thing that I always did as a pitcher is I put the ball in my glove, and no matter what the pitch was, I always messed with the ball. So if I knew I was mm-hmm. throwing a fastball, I wouldn't go straight to the seams. I would mess around in my glove. That way the hitter didn't know what was coming. Because as a hitter, that's what I'm looking at. If a pitcher goes mm-hmm. straight to – there's no movement in their there's glove. There's no movement in the glove. They're not trying to mess around with the ball. That's a fastball. Yeah. I didn't pitch a lot, but I know one pitch that I threw was a splitter. And that was my, always my grip that I would start with, no matter what, and then, then change it to whatever pitch I was throwing. It's because 
if I switched to that grip, it would be super obvious what was coming. The one thing that I always did when I was getting my signs, and Dewey can attest to this because Dewey's played ball with me since I was since we were in the seventh grade. I always had my glove out, and my right arm was always to the side. I would get, I would get my sign from the catcher. I would put my hand in the glove, and I would mess with the ball for a little bit, and then I would grip what I was going to throw. I didn't have what I had four pitches. I had a four seam, two seam, know. a cutter. cutter. It was a slider. It wasn't a cutter. <laughs> <laughs> I had a slider and a and a circle change. Never threw a no, I never threw a curveball. No. You know, but on my slider, I would take a little bit off. I wouldn't throw it like, you know, you're supposed to throw a slider. My slider was an off-speed pitch that I didn't throw. You, I, I disguised it to where you couldn't tell I was throwing it, but you could tell I took a little bit off. Did I Just, ever face you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, inner squads. Inner squads, yeah. Picture, yeah, picture this. Like, <laughs> I always hated inner squads because we hadn't seen any live pitching all winter, you know, and it's March, like early March. So it's like 40 in the low 40s, 30 degrees outside. And uh, so as varsity pitchers would throw it to, uh, to the varsity hitters. So imagine that all you've been doing is taking BP in a cage. And then the first per- time you get up there to face live pitching, it's 37 degrees outside. Got to face Zach, who's throwing 88. 88- <laughs> off the mound and breaking off the slider <laughs> that would break from your, basically from your hip to the outside corner of the plate. <laughs> it's like, that was <laughs> uh, the greatest moment, uh, the greatest moment ever in pitching and inner squads was when I faced Jared. We still talk about it to this day. <laughs> he comes up, Oh man, I give him a fastball. I, I think it was a fastball in. And he, I, Jared always took the first pitch. So I know that I could throw a fastball right down the middle and Jared was going to take it. He always took the first pitch. So I think, but I think I put it on the inside corner for Jared. So I put it on the inside corner. I get one strike. I come back. I think I throw another fastball and he fouls it off. So I've thrown two fastballs. He's still a little bit late, but he got it just enough to where my catcher puts down another fastball and I shake him off. And I was like, uh, you already know what's coming. <laughs> I hit him. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I hit him with the slider. Mm-hmm. If I didn't hit him with the slider on the strike three call, no, it was a slider. It, no, 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 no. I threw the slider. He knew it was coming. Fouls that off. He thinks I'm coming back with the slider. And I put this two seam fastball. Right on the it, it starts a little bit outside, and this thing tails perfectly back to the corner before before Larison could even say strike three. Jared was already halfway to the corner. <laughs> oh man, he I, thought I was coming back with the slider, and I throw this two seam fastball that tumbles out of the batter's box right over the plate, and Jared just walks back to the dugout, doesn't uh, say anything. Just walks back to the dugout. I still remember Allen 
two-seamer off of you, off the handle of my bat. And uh, that's dumb. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's 37 degrees outside, too, you know. Larison, if it's not snowing or raining, oh, we're going outside today. <laughs> Coach, it's 25 degrees. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing, do you remember when we were playing, it was a summer tournament at Carroll. It was at Carroll High School. I don't remember who we were playing, but I was pitching. I was on the mound. I think if we won, we got to the championship. And I told you before we went out there, I was like, Dewey, I'm feeling really good today. I was like, my arm is feeling really good, and I'm probably going to throw the hardest I've ever thrown. And I go out there, and I'm lighting these dudes up. er, Grayson is behind the plate catching. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He calls time. He walks out to the dugout. We all, you know, we all kind of circle around whenever he calls time. And we're like, why is he calling time? Like, I'm pretty sure Zach hasn't thrown a ball in like three innings. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he comes out. coming with heat down the middle every time. <laughs> he he comes out. He hands me the ball. And he was like, I just need a break. <laughs> We all started dying laughing right yeah. there on the middle of the mound. I, I don't know what it was. I was just feeling good that day. And Grayson, he comes out. Man, you're throwing really good, but I just need a break. Man. My <laughs> fucking hand hurts. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Nothing beats the time where we went to a party, and I'm not going to put whose name it was over this because <laughs> their parents still don't know. <laughs> uh. uh when we went to a party, the night before we had our summer Acme Ball tournament at mm. Carroll High School. Yes. And it was like 103 degrees outside, and we were all hung over as shit. <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> Grayson's catching. He comes in from the field, starts throwing up behind <laughs> He starts throwing up behind the dugout. Some good times in high school. Uh, yeah. Now that we got off, we got way off track, did. but that's fine. You're reminiscing about it, some high school <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, yeah. But that's fine. <laughs> We're going to go back to the Astros. Because this is where it all took us. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing that I'll say about the Astros, it's coming out that they used buzzers. There were a couple guys that had buzzers on the inside of their jerseys. And I was like, man, that's that's tough shit. Like, how are you how can you get away with that? I, I, I saw one <laughs> video that really it kind of hit home. Altuve hits a walk-off home run. Ah, uh, yes, and he's celebrating. They're all celebrating. He's rounding third base. And about halfway home, he grabs his jersey and looks at his guys and says, don't touch my jersey. Mm-hmm. Or don't rip off my jersey. He does it. He mm-hmm. puts his finger up. He waves his finger no mm-hmm. and grabs his jersey. And you can read his lips. And it says, don't rip or touch my jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Said. uh his excuse. Boy. This, yeah, no, I know. I know. He <laughs> responds. And this is what he says. 
the last time they ripped my jersey off, it made my wife feel uncomfortable. Hmm. I don't know, but I don't know if you've heard recently that came out. I think it was Josh Reddick that had said uh, that the reason he didn't want it ripped off is because he had a uh, unfinished tattoo on his collarbone that looked like shit. And that's why he didn't want anyone to rip his jersey off. But so, if that's the case, then why not say that? Well, again, that's this wasn't from Altuve. You know, this was coming from Josh Reddick. So, and I don't think Altuve has responded to that. So this was just recently. So I, you know, I don't know. It's uh, it's a bunch of shit, man. Interesting. Well, because and here's like, the thing: can't it, stick to a story. Here's the thing that pisses me off. Altuve was becoming one of my favorite players. Mm-hmm. Me too. It's like my size. Damn. He did it. He made it, you know. And becoming one of the best hitters in the MLB. I would say Mm -hmm. here the past, what, three or four years, he's probably the best hitter in the league, Mm -hmm. average-wise. Yeah, he's gotten a lot better at power-wise, taking advantage of the, the whole launch angle thing. And now what do you do? Do you say all of that was because of the cheating? No, it's impossible to say that. He still has to, he still has to perform, you know. And that's only at home. On the road, they didn't do that. Okay, but for three years, you're knowing what's coming at home. <coughs> I don't know. It's uh, we'll see. I'm not going to take any way anything away from the Astros. Jose Altuve, Jose Altuve is still a good player. Mm-hmm. They still have one of the. In 2017, they had one of the best from top to bottom lineups in the MLB. Mm -hmm. They've had one of the better rotations in the MLB for the past three years. I don't understand the need to cheat. When your team is that fucking good, I don't understand why you have to cheat. Expectations too high? No, because they weren't high. Because remember, because of all, all the rebuilding they've had, they had to do, just getting to the World Series was like this huge. Have you watched years. the AJ Hinch interview? I think it was with uh, I can't remember who it was with. I think it was on MLB Network. Mm-mm. I watched it, and it's like, damn man, it's like you can't. It's I don't. So there's no one can keep. Can stick to the same story. So here's the thing that kind of got me. So uh, it's all a bunch of BS to me. Like I don't pay attention to it. Well, here's the thing that kind of got me was AJ Hinch is saying, yes, I'm going to take responsibility because I'm the manager. Yes, this, yes, that. But I really didn't know what was going on. How are you the fucking manager and not really know what goes on? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then. How do you like just. And then that's what's it's it's you clearly knew what was going on. You just didn't say anything. You, well, if it wasn't if it wasn't if it was behind your back, so to speak, you didn't care enough to say anything. Well, and here's you another see a thing. problem with it. AJ Hinch in this interview, he just it's like he says something and then he backtracks on it nonstop. So mm-hmm. the thing that kind of got me too was so supposedly he found out what was going on. And he found the electronic piece that they were using to steal the signals. And he grabs a baseball bat 
and breaks it. The players come Hence, out and yeah. say, I found this on the well, if A.J. Hinch would have ever came to us and said, hey, you guys need to stop what you're doing, we would have. So the guy says, the guy giving the interview to A.J. Hitch says, so you breaking the device wasn't enough for them to understand that you didn't want them to do it anymore? A.J. Hinch's answer was, I guess not. I guess mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Like, There's just so much shit. Yeah, like here the as a so if you don't want them to do it, so you break it, then you seal. Sin, then what? You just don't pay attention to it anymore, or what? Like if that's like if, if that's if I'm in his position, say that he does break it, and that's true. <clears throat> then you still see it going on. Wouldn't you have like a closed door meeting? You bring the entire team, and you just light their asses up. Just go fucking off on them and. Uh, I don't know. That's I just don't, I don't understand. That's that's where I the whole don't, that's AJ, where I, the I whole AJ it. Hinch interview made me fucking. Uh, <laughs> it just made me cringe, man. Yeah, like, the whole interview just made me cringe. Even when the players talk about it, except for when they say, "Yeah, we." I don't know which one it was, but and there's some guys feeling the repercussions for this. Mm-hmm. Carlos Beltran. The Mets wanted nothing to do with Carlos Beltran after all this shit comes out. What happened with Cora and the Red Sox? Why did Cora get fired? Something similar, but not to, not not the same. I have to look it up really quick because it was uh, definitely it was along the same lines, but it was way different. So then Alex Cora gets fired, and he was the Astros bench coach in 2017. Mm-hmm. So now he's getting the end of the stick because of everything that went on. Mm-hmm. So two guys, Core and Beltron, all because. Well, they're also tied to the directly. Yeah. So yeah. They, they, they came out that they had each played a part in the scandal. So. I just, at some point, I think you're going to have to hold the players accountable. But we'll see if that actually happens. Mm -hmm. And I've watched a couple videos, and you can clearly hear people beating on trash cans. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's, like, it's just going to take a lot of investigating to identify you know, do you just suspend all the players that, or do you? So the biggest, because you the, have to figure out who was actually, because it's come out that some people had played no part in it. So the so, two names that are really coming out <clears throat> is Altuve and Bregman. Yeah, well, Bregman's interview was that he did about it was trash. So it was like he was uh, terrible interview. So <laughs> the two players that are really, I think, going to feel the fire from this are Altuve and Bregman. If it ever comes out. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to go into the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, the Reds. And Local we'll team. talk to Dewey about, okay, 
Let me ask a couple questions. Ask away. And then we'll go more into depth. Um, do you like the Reds re-signing Derek Dietrich? Well, it's just a spring training invite. So he's not even on he's not on the roster. So I would they, say they signed him to a minor league contract, yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's my minor league contract with a spring training invite. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, like we can just call him up every time we play Pittsburgh. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's uh, if that's all he ever plays again this year, I'd be happy. With how, that. how did he do last year? He was started off great, um, and then he hit a wall. Like the second half of the season, he was not good at all. Like he struggled to hit. He hit like I think two twenty. He was lucky, and like didn't even come close to half the home runs he hit in the first half of the season. Um, how do you feel <clears throat> about the signing from Japan? I don't know his name. Shogo Akiyama. Yeah. How do you feel about that? <clears throat> uh, interesting. Um, we'll see how the how he translate how it, his game translates to this to the MLB because they use a, the baseball they use in Japan is smaller a little bit. But he did lead the Japanese league in like home runs and batting average like three of the last four years or something like that. Something crazy like that. He is older. He's like 32 years old. So so you might get a couple couple years out of him. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. I mean, I hear, I mean, from what I gather, his, his defense in Japan was pretty good. But again, you know, how well is that going to translate over here remains to be seen. I don't think his arm is that great in the outfield. Um, but I don't have a problem with it. I mean, take a chance on a guy. What should the Reds do with Nick Senzel? Keep him. I mean, his trade value isn't that high at the moment. With He struggled second half of last year, and he's coming off off-season shoulder surgery. So if you trade him, you're not going to get much for him. Um, <clears throat> so I think you got to keep him. I mean... He can also play third base. Did the Reds re-sign Jose Iglesias? No. So who's their shortstop? Freddie Galvis. Oh, God. Great defensively. Great Great defensively. He'll hit about 180. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That's why I wish we could have got Lindor or they were trying to trade for for Corey Seager, too, from the Dodgers. I know if Um, they would have got Lindor, I think Senzel would have. He would have. Yeah, he would have been part of that trade. Um, There's no question about it. Can Senzel play short? I don't know. I know they yeah. tried him there, I think. Didn't he come up as a shortstop? Third baseman. Third base. He was drafted as a third baseman. Um, but they had Suarez. And they re- like right the next year after they draft him, they re-signed Suarez to the fantastic contract. Um so then they moved him around, you know, center field. I think I don't know if they moved him directly to the center field or if they tried him at shortstop first or if they did both. But I don't think he had – I think he had the the arm. He has the arm to play shortstop. I don't know if he had the range to play at that level that he needed to play it at. So I think second base he can play. How outfield he can play, obviously. Who's your second baseman right now? Mike Moustakis. Yeah, yeah. So he just signed him. him. Just signed him. The Moose. Uh, What about Jose – is it Peraza? <clears throat> Peraza, he's gone. Gone? Hmm. Um – what? Okay. 
who should the starting three outfielders be <laughs> with the new sign? <laughs> and then you have Senzel. Uh, they and also signed uh, Aquino. Yeah, they also signed Nick Castellanos. Trash. <laughs> I mean, his numbers were very like half the season heavy. But name your three starting outfielders: left, center, right. Go. Before I name them, I'll just tell you all the outfielders that they have on their roster. So you, <laughs> it's ridiculous. So you got Shogo, signed from Japan, Aquino, the Punisher. Uh, he kind of tailed off. He's got a cannon in right. He kind of tailed off average wise towards the end of the season. Nick Castellanos, who they just signed, he's a left fielder. They also have Sinzel and uh, Jesse Winker as well. So you got five MLB outfielders on the roster. And that doesn't even include the other guys who filled in <clears throat> when they were dealing with injuries and stuff. But Shogo, I think, starts left and left. At this oh, point, no, center. Put him in center. You put him Ca- in center. Yeah, Castellanos in left. Shogo in center. Because um, Sinzel is not going to, from what I hear, he's not going to be ready at the beginning of the season. So we're going to move under the assumption that he is not, he's on the DL. Okay, let's and go then, under the assumption he's on the DL and then when he gets back. Okay. So under the assumption he's on the DL, you have Castellanos in left. Shogo in center. Mm-hmm. Aquino? I would put Aquino in right. Purely for defensive reasons. Now. Because Castellanos, not a good defender. Winker, not that great of a defender. Really, you're in Shogo, it remains to be seen how good of a defender he's going to be. So. Now, Senzel comes back. It's tough. I think it's. My opinion is it's going to be a rotation. and But just if he comes back opening day, Castellanos in left, Senzel in center, and Shogo in right. That would be the three outfielders. Aquino not starting. Nope. Aquino not starting. Oof. I know, right? For a guy who hit like 25 bombs in three quarters of the season, not even. Just his average. He just Once people figured him out, his average really tailed off. But uh, you still can't throw a fastball by him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think once people started seeing that, like we're not going to be able to get a fastball by this guy, it was all off speed. Mm-hmm. So that was your Reds report from Dewey. So now, I didn't go over the pitching signings. but <laughs> Oh, yeah, my bad, my bad. I forgot about that because that's one of the biggest things. That's one of the biggest things that uh, – people have talked about is the pitching signings. My apologies. Let's go rotation. Let's start at five. Let's go to one. Oh, I what think we should start think? at one. <laughs> no, let's go to five. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> no, let's start at one and go down to five. <laughs> Number one. That's uh, not a really up for debate. Luis Castillo. The ace of the staff. Now, number two, Sonny Gray, who uh, pitched really well last year. And he is a Reds fan. He grew up a Reds fan, so he'll be there for probably the rest of his career, if I had to guess. Uh, number three, you have um, good old 
what's his name they got from Cleveland? Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. Which uh, he is up and down. <clears throat> so, could be interesting. Number four, you got uh, Anthony DiSclefani, who prior to his injury, his injuries last year or so, he was... He was the ace, before, and that was before, also before Castillo blew up. So his uh, ceiling is probably as like a number two or three starter. He's number four. <clears throat> now, number five, you have Wade Miley, who was uh, signed in the offseason as well. Uh, <coughs> I don't, I didn't, I didn't agree with that signing, just because you have cheaper options already in the system. You got. That could fill in. That could really take over that number five spot. But he does provide depth. So if anyone gets hurt, should be covered. Then the bullpen, they signed Pedro Strop. Or Strope. Haven't however you pronounce his last name. So he won't be required to be the setup man or the closer. So should be. So hopefully he bounces back. I know he had a lot of injuries last year. So that's that's not a bad rotation from the Reds, um, which is going to lead me to my next point. We'll start at the Reds division. Give me top. We'll go. We'll go top three teams in each division. Top three in each division. Yeah, and then obviously you're gonna know who number four is. <laughs> and some number four. I mean, we'll worry about the top three. I'm not really worried about the bottom half of the division. What is there? Five teams in their division? Um, let me, I believe. So. Let me think. Reds, Cubs, yep. Cards, five teams. Brewers. Who's the fifth? Pirates. Pirates. Yeah. So, all right, let's go number three. St. Louis. St. Louis St. Louis. three. I think so, yeah. Obviously, don't make the playoffs. No, unless they could because of the wild card. Possibility. That they would play whoever finishes second in the division in the wild card. Okay. Which? Um, who is your second place winner in the NL? See, I'm very. It's a toss-up. I'm very like confident in the Reds' ability to win the division, but it is the Reds. They do play in the one of the smaller ballparks, so NL Central, correct? Yeah, yeah, NL Central. So you got. I'm gonna say the Reds finish second in the division. You got the Cubs winning it. I do not. Brewers. Okay. The Brewers. The Brew Crew. The Brew Crew winning. Brew crew winning. So you have the Cubs fourth. Fourth. Okay. Hmm. Close. Okay. Close though. Right. Like it's I think uh the only thing that I would flip flop about that is I see the Cubs finishing third. I have the Cubs over the cards. I have the Reds in second. Because I feel like they're going to be in that position to win the division, but they're going to go back to the Reds' old ways, and I think the Brewers are going to win the division. I just think it'll be – if it comes down, I think the experience 
Reds don't have a ton of experienced players who've been in that position. So Milwaukee does. I think that'll be the difference. All right. So let's stay in the NL. Um, let's go NL East. NL East. You have your defending world champions. Ah. In that division. Let me check the records from last year really quick. So here's how I have it. Um, my third place team is going to be the Mets. I think Washington. No, 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 no. Yes. Third place team, the Mets. I still have Washington finishing second in the division. And I think the Braves are going to win the division. Hmm. I think the talent that the Braves have, young guys hitting the ball, rotation's not the best, but can get them through. Um, I just think the young core of guys that the Braves have are going to – and with Washington losing Rendon, that's going to take a hit, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to – I think we all know who's going to be the last. That's not a shocker there in the NL East. Oof. I think uh, for number three, I'm going to go – it's tough. It's tough to – it's another tough one to pick. I'm going to say the Phillies finish third. Um, I think a Washington finishes second, and then the Braves win the division. I just think Washington's pitching staff mm-hmm. is going to help Washington, but losing Anthony Rendon is going to—it's going to take its toll. It is, and Washington has a young core of guys there too that I think they're still going to make the playoffs in my mind. I think they round up a wild card win. I think they get in over the third team in the central. Now let's go to the NL West. See that? I think we can agree who's going to win the division. <laughs> I'm proud of the World Series too. Yeah. Um, so number On paper. three, um, I'll take the Rockies at number three. I'll take the Diamondbacks at number two. And the Dodgers are going to walk away with that division again. Yeah, I don't see any. I don't see any of the. I don't see the second place team in that division making the wild card. Um, no. And the Dodgers, I'm going to say, win the division by 30 games. It's a bold prediction. I think uh, third place, I'll take the Padres. Um. Second, Diamondbacks, and first the Dodgers, as well. So in the NL, we have our division winners, Atlanta, Milwaukee, and the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Now we need two wildcard teams. For me, it's good. it's the, the Reds and uh, Nationals. Not going to disagree <laughs> with you on that at all. Reds and Nationals are going to be my team as the wildcard team also. Mm-hmm. And the winner so, gets to play Atlanta. Yeah. So, who is going to be your NLCS matchup? NL Championship Series. Oof. Dodgers. Start right there. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I say Dodgers and Brewers. I think uh, as long as they don't play each other in the divisional series. I think they could, but just because of how the Central is probably the best division all 
top to bottom. Um, so that could take a toll on Milwaukee's seating. They win. Atlanta could, you know, run away with the East and end up with the number one seed. So you'd have the Dodgers and uh, the Brewers could be that two three matchup, and the wild card winner plays Atlanta. So okay, so another question. Or the Dodgers ran away with the whole conference or the whole NL. <laughs> so you have the Dodgers going to the World Series, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have the Dodgers and the Braves in the NLCS, and I have the Dodgers winning in six. Ooh, in six. Okay. I just think with the young core of guys that Atlanta has, they can – they can get there and they can win a couple games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let's go to the AL East. The American League East. I'm going to go with the Yankees. Well, we're going to start at three. Never mind. Yeah, start at three. Start at three. All right. So, number three, Tampa Bay. Number two, Boston. And your winner is the Yankees. To win that division, you got Boston at number two, even though they lose Mookie Betts and David Price. I do. I think they got some good pieces back. I do because I don't trust Tampa Bay to do what they did a year ago. True. True. Um, I'll have Tampa Bay at three, Boston at two, Yankees winning the division. Let's go AL Central. Really, there's only two teams in that division. But two fucking teams. <laughs> we have to pick a third. Yeah. <laughs> I'll uh. start off. I think it's going to be the White Sox at three. Cleveland at two. Minnesota winning. I agree. I agree. White Sox, Cleveland, and Minnesota. Uh, I don't see Kansas City and Detroit are just so bad. <laughs> yeah. I don't see either one of those teams. I don't see them being in the top three. Okay. So let's go to the AL West, which really hurts my heart. <laughs> I have – I still have the Angels at three. I have the Angels at three, the Oakland at two. Houston at one. Talent-wise, Houston is the best team in the division. How much of this scandal is going to be a distraction? So I have a... And, and all I can all I can do right now is base this decision off talent. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go on a limb. Houston and say they by get far still has the best talent in the, in the division. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Houston finishes third because they get distracted by all this nonsense having to answer it. Probably after every game. Now I've got uh, the Angels, too, and Oakland winning the division. Okay, so the three divisions we have, I have Houston, Minnesota, and New York. My playoff wildcard teams will be Oakland and Cleveland. Yeah, so I've got Oakland, New York, Minnesota. Two wild card teams. I have Cleveland 
and the Angels. Mike Trout gets his first playoff appearance. Well deserved. Well deserved, yes. Who do you have in the ALCS? I have the I have the Yankees and uh, Twins. Yankees winning. Yankees winning, yeah. Yeah. I'll have the Yankees in Houston. And the Yankees will get revenge on the Astros. I'll have the Dodgers and the Yankees. And I'll have the Dodgers winning the World Series. Agreed. Hell of a series. Um, The Dodgers were already a very good team. And then you add... A piece to the rotation and David Price. Mookie bits. But in the playoffs, David Price struggles. Just put him in the bullpen. Be, yeah. Like, but he, then you also get the best right fielder in the game in Mookie Betts. Just that that um let me just uh, go through their, their lineup here. It's a match. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. They keep Jock Peterson. Yes. Wasn't he supposed so. to go to L.A.? I don't remember. I don't remember, but we'll go through their batting order. Tell me where um, <laughs> where do you get a break as a pitcher? All righty. So, catcher. Um, well, catcher might be the only position that they struggle. Austin Barnes. Looks like he'll be the starting catcher unless they sign anybody. But you got Justin Turner at third base. Seager at short. Uh, Max Muncy at second. second. Bellinger at first, or is he outfield? Um, He's listed as an outfielder, but he'll play first base. Bellinger at first base. And then your outfielders, Mookie Betts, Jack Peterson, A.J. Pollock. Sweet Jesus. So... I just think I see the Dodgers. I see the Dodgers as just too much to handle. So we both had the Dodgers winning the World Series, um, which leads us to our next point, and we're just going to touch on this a little bit, the XFL. So how do you feel about the XFL? I like it. I think it's uh, – I don't think it's going to fold. I think um, it's very entertaining, way more than the – now defunct AAF was, um, so it's uh, yeah. I think it's here today. I think it's going to provide some. It could be competition. A feed, it could be, and it could also be a feeder system to the NFL. Yeah, yeah. It can be like a definitely. That's for sure. Especially with some of these, um, you know, these guys that there's really no spot like quarterbacks, or you know, you can only carry so many. Right. You know. They don't get to play. The backups don't get to play, really. The one thing I kind of like is the outspokenness of the players. One, they're not getting big contracts. They don't have to keep their mouth shut. When it comes to professional football, they're basically playing for pennies. I think the average contract is like $55,000. They do get bonuses, though. Right. There's a lot in terms of, I think. But you're not getting big NFL money. No. So a lot of these guys aren't going to be quiet. 
because they're not <laughs> getting paid. The, what, they're getting paid, which if you love the game of football, playing football for $55,000 a year and getting paid to do all this shit is, is, good, is cool. It's fine. It's fun. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're putting your health and injuries on the line for $55,000 a year. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it's because it's for the like the, the wide receiver slash running back for uh, they interviewed last week. He went to Kent State. I can't – I remember his name off the top of my head, but he's from Toledo, Ohio. Um, said he tore his ACL three times, broken his back. It's like, well, why are you playing here? You know, it's like, oh, it's just for the love of the game. And that's, that's all it. it is. It's for the love of the game. Now, Matt McGloin, who was a terrible quarterback in the NFL, he did get some starts, though, with the Raiders. Mm-hmm was playing in a game yesterday, mm. and they interviewed him at halftime, and he said that's the worst. What do you need to do for the offense to work? He said, change our game plan. <laughs> that was, those were his exact words. Yep. Change the whole game plan. <laughs> yep. Then, as what usually happens when someone opens their mouth, he comes out in the second half, throws an interception, and they get benched. <laughs> and then, it wasn't The game plan wasn't the issue, man. I watched no. the game. He was just not – he's not. He's good. making bad reads. Matt McGloin is not good enough to go in and tell you to change your game plan. <laughs> he no. played – How about I change the fucking quarterback? I don't know how many times they would – shit. How many, they should on a replay. He would take like the – the even the crossing route or the, the wrong – he would choose to throw it to the wrong route. He had a guy running deep that came open. And then at the very end of the game, he said that was the worst game he's ever been a part of. Is it because you played in it? <laughs> 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 he he was just mic'd benched. up when he said that. Yeah, <laughs> but, but that, still, it's know. like from a whole. That's not a big deal. Like I don't. That's not a big no, deal. It's like, no, I'm good with. I it. get what you said. I get what he means by it. You know, I'm good with it. Outspoken. The celebrations in the locker room, shotgun of beers, and <laughs> all sorts of shit. That's a good time, man. The one thing that I really like about the XFL and I think the NFL should go to is the kickoff roll. I absolutely love the kickoff rule in the XFL. Mm-hmm. They're all lined up down the field. They're what? Not even five yards apart? Yeah, it's like they uh, – So the kicker kicks the ball from his own 30, I think I believe so. And at the 35 and the 30, so at the 35, you got the uh, kicking team lined up on the other side of the field. In the 30-yard line, the receiving team, blockers lined up. No one can move until the guy catches until the ball. The guy catches the ball, and then it's full force, full speed. Mm-hmm. It's gonna save injuries on kickoff mm-hmm. because these guys aren't running 30, 40 yards down the field, running full speed at each other and hitting each other. Right. But it also gives you the excitement of an NFL kickoff. Still, mm-hmm. NFL special teams is a game changer, man. If you have a guy back there like Tyreek Hill. If you have a guy, a Devin Hester back there. Josh that, Cribs. Josh Cribs. That changes the whole game. Why take that away? And they also added a rule where if it's a touchback, so if you kick it off, they have to – the ball has to land between the 20 and the goal line. And the if it, if it lands before the 20 or if it's a touchback, goes in the end zone, it's, you know, a legal procedure. The ball gets it's moved to the opponent's 45. Basically, you're starting on the other side of midfield. So that is a a really great rule change. 
as well because it kickoff is an exciting part of the game. Same thing on punts, you know, they prohibit yeah, I mean, going out of bounds or going in, into the end zone. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a it's a big part of the game and it can change the game. Now, the only thing I don't like about the XFL is I don't like the point conversions. You don't? I don't like how I can go for three points. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I now, love it. maybe that's because I'm kind of an old school football guy. Like it just uh, it just takes the automatic point after out like automatic extra point is taken away but i think that the nfl took that away by moving back to a small degree yes it's still it's a professional kicker you know they're gonna you know 19 out of 20 they're gonna make so but i think it and it just more game like like maybe the three point one is a little excessive but i think having the option to go for one or two Three, you can eh, – I don't mind it. You know, I think it's – no one has gone for three yet. I just think in the excitement of a game, when it comes down to it, <clears throat> I'm down by one. Two-point conversion to win the game. Mm-hmm. Well, fuck. I just kick a field goal to tie. <laughs> and then I miss the fucking field goal. I just think that that is greater – than being able to go for three points every time. Or not even necessarily go for three points every time. But have the option to go for three points. I don't like that. I don't like the option to go for three points. I mean, the way it is, is if you go for one, they place the ball at the one-yard line. If you go for two, they place it at the five. Three is at the ten. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like the three-point option. Maybe if they take the away three, actually the three might be the fifteen too. I don't remember. Exactly. Maybe if no they take for it, maybe but. if they take away the three point option, I'll like it better. I don't like the three point option. I don't like the option that you can go for three points. It does make it so like nine points is only a one possession game, <coughs> and I don't like that. See, I just I like the excitement of having to to go for two every time. And I think or I think the having re- the option because I think no because also if you intercept it. Or fumble and run it back, you get those. You get that point. So, and maybe the only reason why I like it is because I'm a big. The reason I don't like it is because the NFL is already too offense centric. Mm-hmm. They don't let defense play, and maybe that's why I'm not a big fan of it. And the XFL, they let the defense play. We've seen some big shots already taken in the XFL. They do, and they still have the <clears throat> the targeting rule and everything, like the helmet to helmet stuff. Still in the, it's still there. Another, some of the other rules or some of the other things is when they review the play, like all their reviews are done from the booth, which I like. Um, and then when they review it, you know, it's a uh, cameras are in there, so you can see, you know, listen to them, which I think is cool. Yeah, that's the one thing I like is that you can listen <clears throat> and kind of see what everyone's talking about of the play. Now, and then the two minute another rule change is at the, the last two minutes of every half. So yeah, the two minute warning. So yeah, the two minute warning, um, and then basically they take the college rule and expand upon it. So anytime, so if you go out of bounds or incompletion, you know obviously clock's going to stop. Let's say you run the ball, you get five five yards, first down, whatever. You get tackled inbounds. 
you know, the clock is going to stop until the ball is set. And also again, until the play clock goes down to 20 seconds, then the clock's going to start again. So it, you have your whole playbook available to you. And they also have shorter play clock. So it's going to take yeah, away that you can't just kneel on 25 seconds. And the NFL is 40, 40. 40. Mm-hmm. So I, there's some good rules in the XFL. That and they I also have a, like a, throughout the course of the game, it's like kind of a continuous clock to some degree. So, and I think the, I, and I think the NFL could take on some of these rules mm-hmm. and could help the NFL game because right now the NFL game is kind of struggling, man. Like if you're not an offensive player, you there's no way that you can go out there and get excited. As a safety, I have I'm having to watch where I'm hitting people now. When I'm just trying to make a football play, now I got to worry about targeting. Now I got to worry about where I'm hitting people. Now but now I got to worry about am I here too soon? Now I understand the player's health. I get that. But some of these fucking targeting calls are God awful. Well, the college, college, yes. Like, the NFL doesn't kick someone out of the game really for that. So, like, the college rule is awful because it doesn't take into account. Well, and I'm not even talking about the whole targeting rule in general. I'm talking about some of these hits that are, to me, are clean hits in the NFL. Are They're getting penalties for it. You're taking away the excitement on defense. And I understand it's making the NFL money. Offense players, flashy <laughs> players, flashy mm-hmm. plays. They give you money. They put money in your pocket. You know? And I mean, these, that's defense, really, these these defensive guys aren't getting the respect. I mean, there's only – I mean, how do you how do you make the game safer? You only you change defense, really. Like change rules, which impacts the defense more than anything. What I would like to see NFL do is – Penalize running backs or people who run the ball and lower their helmet. And, and that's a big thing because if the, I have a 250 pound fucking running back who can run a 4 440 and lowers their helmet, what am I supposed to do? At this point, I just lay back and take the fucking hit and hope, hopefully he falls on top of me. Yeah, you just got to take it and hopefully you, you hold on to that monster. Yeah. <laughs> because. The NFL has created basically to where if that if that runner lowers it lowers the lower god damn lowers their <laughs> head at all <laughs> then they have no shot at making a tackle or they can make the tackle and just get penalized for it uh, as long as they keep their you know head up it's uh it's and, well and that's the biggest problem because. Okay, you see a guy, if I'm going to tackle somebody, I'm in my tackling stance. If I'm getting down, breaking down to make a tackle, and then all of a sudden he lowers his head, mm-hmm. and I'm already in that tackling stance, we're going head to head. It's like the. Uh... There's no way in a split second I can all of a sudden bring my head up. Mm-hmm. Or bring up to where I need to be to tackle him and not get penalized for it. Yeah, it's like the I'll use and this. the running backs are taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. You see the running backs 
where it, they're making split-second decisions to lower their head because they already see the defender going down that way. Okay, I got you. You're already going down. I'm going to lower my head. I'm going to create head-to-head contact, and then I'm going to get 15 yards tacked onto my run already. Yeah, I don't see many of those penalties where the running back like lowers their head. The way it seems like once it's the whole defenseless player, so if he has the ball and he's running, it doesn't really matter. It seems like it's not being penalized at all one way or the other. What I will use as an example here to kind of highlight the where the rule needs to change, both in college and the NFL, uh, the Clemson-Ohio State playoff game, you know, Sean Wade, Sacks, Trevor Lawrence, you know, third down. You know, it would have been fourth down, but uh, he's called for targeting. Now, Sean Wade is six foot one, listed on a good day. So, probably six foot. Trevor Lawrence is six six, okay? So, he's coming, he's sprinting full speed at him. You know, he gets one, maybe two steps from Lawrence, and Lawrence ducks his head down, lowers his head, and it's helmet to helmet. It's called for a penalty, gets kicked out of the game. Um, like they don't take that into it. Like you can call for college if you want to call that targeting, whatever. I don't care, but just you shouldn't kick someone out of the game for for that. And I think they just don't take that into account when uh, they're making these rules or enforcing the rules. For sure. It's like <laughs> if you if Trevor Lawrence doesn't duck his head, that's his face mask is going right into his chest. So it's there needs to be more. Um, I don't know, leeway for the officials to make those decisions. So it's not just, a black and it's the rule is trying to make it black and white when it's not black and white. And there's a lot of gray areas. Yeah. So now that we've covered all this, um, I think we've covered everything that we need to talk about. Next week, going to be kind of a rough week, weekend for us. We're very busy. We have our softball fundraiser on Saturday. Um, any of you guys that listen, um, play more lanes, 2 p.m. Yes, I'm advertising our softball <laughs> fundraiser on our podcast. Um, and if, it's bowling. It's a bowling fundraiser. Uh, two people per team, $30 a team. It's Baker style, so I bowl one frame, Dewey bowls the next. Um, if you would be interested in that and helping out a softball team, uh, please get with me or Dewey, and we will sign you guys up. Um, and then on Sunday, I have a father-daughter dance that I have to attend to, and Dewey is actually mm-hmm. playing in a softball tournament that I will miss because of the father-daughter dance. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully it's will, warm. Uh, yeah, hopefully <laughs> it's warm. So uh, maybe we try to get this done on Saturday. Maybe Saturday morning, maybe Sunday night. Um, Probably the. Uh, we we might have to delay it a little bit. Um, figure something out. But we'll figure something out. Uh, we don't want to go two weeks without giving you guys a podcast, unless it's absolutely necessary and we just can't figure it out. Um, but other than that, uh, our next episode we're gonna get into college basketball kind of shaping up the picture for March Madness. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Dayton Flyers local team. 
doing very well. Uh, number six, mm -hmm. six in the nation. Yeah. Um, and then we'll talk about Obi Toppin and does he have a shot at winning Player of the Year? Um, well, also we're not going to leave out Wright State. He has a shot. Does he have a great shot? Yeah. <laughs> um, not going to leave out Wright State in the conversation. They're talking about Dayton and Wright State playing each other first round in the first round of the tournament, which will be interesting. And then hopefully we'll talk about some more NFL. Um, if anything changes, some MLB signings, if that happens. Um, what to see what the hell happens. Yeah, we'll see what, <laughs> what happens in this week. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, we appreciate it. Share, like, like our page, ZD Sports Talk. Um, share the hell out of it. Try to get to 100 views. If we get to 150 views, me and Dewey will come up with something um, as a reward for you guys because we appreciate everything that you've done. Um, no surprises. Thank you. So this is Z&D signing off. Week number two, episode number two is in the books. We appreciate it. We love you guys. Dewey, any last words? See you next week. See you next week. Dewey, sign that thing off. <laughs>